Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. this series that we're in, today we want to, we've been talking about how to be free. And today I want to begin to discuss, I want you to think with me, when we come to our Bibles, I don't want us just to read the word, I want us to begin to think about the word. You know, the Bible says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, but before the word came and was spoken, God thought the word, and God is the word. And so every time you come to church, whether you have a traditional Bible or you're reading the Bible on your smartphone, which I'm going to do today, I don't want you just to read it on the screen. I want you to begin to train your mind and your eyes to actually begin to read scripture for yourself. And so today we are continuing the series on how to be free. And I want to begin to talk about freedom to fail. Freedom to fail. And I wish I heard this years ago. Uh, I think my parenting would have been different. I was an amazing parent. Now, I give Becky an A-plus for her parenting, which she did with the boys, 100% A-plus. I give myself a C. And the reason why I give myself a C is because I began, I had the premonition, not premonition, I had the expectation or the anticipation or the belief that I could raise fail-proof children. And that is not a reality. It is unrealistic. And I'm going to set you free. I was raised Catholic and I was a horrible Catholic because they had so many rules to reach perfection from lighting of candles to going to confession, uh, to saying the Hail Mary, to the Our Father. Then I would get born again and I would enter a movement in Christianity called Word Faith. And I felt so liberated my first years in the Word Movement. Uh, I knew God had loved me. I knew knew the promises of God, but in that same movement, I began to feel rules that were being added to the work that Jesus already accomplished, and I wanted to have a perfect life and a perfect family and perfect children, and when I was born again, you see, my family was not perfect. It was dysfunctional, and I wanted my family to be the very opposite of anything that I ever experienced. However, I began to set myself up for failure because let me just say this and I want to free you we all fail even after you get born again you're not going to not make a mistake but Jesus Christ's work is finished and where my failures begin his work begins and God's a greater savior than I am a failure can you say amen to that and, and so I want us to really begin to think about this. So, and you say, well, why free to fail? Because failure is probably the number one obstacle to living a life of freedom. When we fail, for example, years ago when we moved to Seattle, uh, Becky and I had two boys and we had to get Washington driver's license. And, and I said, Becky, I said, I, I want you to go first. I'll watch the kids because I know uh, you have studied, I mean, haven't studied. And she looked and so I really wasn't 
watching the kids, I knew I had to try to study that book because I didn't want to fail the test. Because when we fail, it changes our status. Are you with me? The reason we don't want to fail, because it changes our status. Becky passed the test. I I failed the test that day. And, and, And so then I was sort of, I had to take it again. I failed again. But if you fail on the third time, you don't have a license. Can I say when you and I fail, it changes our status. But I have good news for you today. Paul wrote a letter and we don't have to not only read the letter, but think about the letter and you and I can live a life of freedom. I don't want to add anything to the work or the promise of Jesus Christ because our God is an amazing God and he comes to rescue us from our failures. Can you say amen? And we really do believe this. Now, let me just say this. If you're in your Bibles, go to Galatians chapter 3. And the believers in the churches of Galatia were attempting to live fail-proof lives. Get this. They were attempting to live fail-proof lives like I was. By Get this. By adding the law to their faith. And so they had faith in God, but they were attempting to add the law to their faith. And because of that, they, they begin to get off target. And can I say this? The law, the promise of God, the promises of God came to Abraham 430 years before the law came to Moses. So today we're going to look at the law and we're going to begin to look at the promises. And in a moment, I'm going to take this out. Becky bought this for my grandson, Jack, who's going to be five. He's only four. And he didn't call this a bow and arrow. He called this his Boreno. And, and, and he, he, he would say, BB, Jude. He says, look, look at my Boreno. And, and he would try to hit the target. Can I tell you today when you and I have missed the target with our kids, with our life, with our, this season of life, there's a God who hit the mark. Come on for us. And it didn't come by anything we have done, but by Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Now, I want you to know this. There is There is no freedom without faith. You need to just write that down. There is no freedom without faith. And in the book of Galatians, there's two people. You have Abraham and you have Moses. You have promises to Abraham and you had the law that came through Moses. And in chapters 1, it's an introduction, chapter 1 and 2. In the last two weeks, and Pastor Michael did a great job introducing us to Paul in his story. Story. Chapter 2 is the theme verse of this letter, and it says, I've been crucified with Christ. I don't live. Nevertheless, the life I live in the body, I live by faith. I don't live by trying. I don't live by trying not to fail. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And he says, I will not cast away the work of Christ by trying to have righteousness that comes from the law. Then chapters 3 and 4, he begins begins to show us how to live by faith and not by a mixture. And then chapter five, and we'll get this in six next week, how to live in freedom. How many of you want to live in freedom? Can you say amen? And I want you to know this, the the book, the letter of the Galatians shows, get this, that the law is not for healing. I want you to think about that in a moment. I'm going to have you say it. The law 
is not for healing. It's for revealing. Did you get that? The law is never to heal you and I. The law didn't come to heal our inadequacies. It's not an archery lesson. The law comes to reveal how much we miss the mark. It doesn't heal. It reveals that we need righteousness in the good news. There is righteousness in justification, not in the law, but in the person of Jesus Christ, the ultimate son or seed of Abraham. Are you with me on that? Now, in the book, and again, we're going to begin to read in chapter 3 in a moment. So I want you to go to chapter 3, and we're going to read from verse 15 to verse 27. And before we get there, I want you to know a theme of this letter is, and please get this online and here, this letter is saying this, what God blesses as a substitute, he will curse as a, uh, I, I said it wrong, I need to say it again, what God blesses as a supplement, he will curse as a substitute. I want to say that again. What God blesses as a supplement, your vitamins, he will curse if you stop eating and drinking water and only take your vitamins. Why? Because it will destroy you. What God blesses as a supplement, he will curse as a substitute. And the law is holy, spiritual, righteous, and good, but it was never meant to substitute the work of Jesus Christ and the promise that God gave to Abraham 430 years before. Our faith is in a promise, not in our ability to keep the law. Are you with me on that? Now, in chapter 3, okay, so chapters 1 and 2 is introduction. 3 and 4 is how to live by faith. 5 and 6 is how to live free. In chapter 3, there's six questions. And we're going to begin to get to this question where it says, what is the purpose of the law? What is the purpose of the law? And I want to ask you this question. How do you handle failure? How do you handle failure in your life? Do you avoid it? Do you deny it? Do you explain it? Do you make excuses for it? Can I say right now, if you make an excuse, if you avoid, or you begin to cover up your failures, we've then added to the faith in the promise. We've added the law to that, and we become cursed because of that. But when we trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, when we fail, we don't stay down. And please get this. The law was meant to reveal that we failed, not to shame us, but to shame show us that God would send his son that when we get knocked down we get back up again because we cannot be, stay down are you with me so Proverbs write this down Proverbs 24 verse 16 says a righteous man falls down but he gets back up again so we're going to begin to read I want to first read uh, in Galatians chapter 3 go to verse 11 go to verse 11 and this is the theme verse of this chapter. In verse 11 says this, but that no one is justified by the law. I want to say that again. No one is made right 
by the law. It says no one is justified uh, by the law. And again, justification is a sovereign act of God where he makes us righteous through faith in Jesus Christ. When I failed two times the driver's test, that was interrupting or affecting my status as a legal driver. You see, when we fail, if we're adding the law to faith, then we think when we fail that our status with God is affected or changed. And I have good news. When we accept Jesus Christ, our status with God is permanently that we are righteous and we are accepted by God. Okay? So get this. It says this, that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. Please get this. For the just shall live by faith. I want to say that again. For the shall live by faith. Online and in the auditorium, let's say it together for the Okay, now what Paul is doing, he is quoting Habakkuk 2. And Habakkuk wrote that, that the just shall live by faith. In the New Testament, that phrase is used three times. Paul uses it in Romans chapter 1, verses 17. Verse 16 says this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first, then for the Greek or the Gentile. But get this, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed. Here comes Habakkuk chapter 2 and the just or the righteous shall live by faith so get this in Romans the emphasis that Paul is making is the just shall live by faith I want to say it again the just shall live by faith so he's saying if you are going to be righteous or in right standing by God you live by faith now in Hebrews the third time in the New Testament it is the just shall live by faith and that is the word that the writer is emphasizing that the just will live by faith now in Galatians right here in 311 guess where the emphasis is the just shall live by faith are you with me and in life we trip we uh, fail but we don't live by keeping the law we live by faith in the son of God who loved us and gave himself for us I want to live a life of freedom but to live a life of freedom I have to live the life of faith are you with me Amen? Now, let's go all the way down to verse 15, and we're going to begin to read. And it says, Brethren, I speak in the manner of men, though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls it or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. Did you get that? So Abraham received the promise and to his seed, that's Jesus, were the promises made. He does not say and to seeds as of many, but as of one and to your seed who is Christ. And this I say, that the law, say that with me, that the, say it again, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ. So the law was given 430 years later. It cannot cancel or annul the promise that it should make the promise of no effect. I want to stop right there. As a 
Pentecostal charismatic believer that entered into what I would call the word faith movement, I made the promise of God of no effect so many times trying to raise kids that would be fail-proof, trying to have a fail-proof life, a fail-proof marriage. And I want you to know I constantly was trying to add to the promise. And every time I did, it made my faith ineffectual. Then I would get mad at God or disappointed with God. And I would begin to have a, a, a different or wrong perspective on God. But it wasn't God who made the promise that had the problem. It was Jude adding to the promise, his self-effort in other rules and laws to begin to obtain that. Can I tell you right now, no matter if I fail or succeed, sit or stand, I am righteous with Jesus Christ through God. Can you say amen? And so we're going to continue to read. This is verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seeds where the promise is made. He does not say to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed who is Christ. And this I say that the law, which was 400 30 years later cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. Verse 18, for the inheritance is of the law. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer a promise. Did you get that? Once we begin to try our best, didn't mean to, we shift from the promise and make the promise of no effect. It says, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. What purpose it does the law serve? We're going to get that. I'm going to show you with this bow reno, what does the law serve, all right? This bow and arrow. And we're going to answer that question. What purpose does the law serve? It was added because of the transgression. Till the seed should come whom the promise was made. And it was appointed through angels at the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. The law then, is it against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly, please get this, if we could have been made right by trying, doing our best to become fail-proof, then righteousness would have come by the law. And the law does not show, it doesn't say keep trying, keep trying. You should have seen Jack with his Boreno. He kept trying to get the bullseye. The law was never given to give us power to hit the bullseye. It was only given to show we need a savior who hit the bullseye for us. Are you with me on that? Let's continue to read. For if there been a law given uh, which could have uh, brought righteousness, then the righteousness would have come by the law. Verse 22. But the scriptures confirmed all are under sin, that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Verse 23. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which afterward would, would be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor, bringing us up to Christ, why? That we might be justified by faith. Say that with me, that we might be but after faith has come, we're no longer under a tutor, for you're all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you that were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, come on, and there's no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no male, there's no female. It's not a blue collar, it's not a white collar worker. We are all in Christ. Everyone say, I'm in. 
Let me tell you something. Before we get to that last question in Galatians chapter 3, in a moment I'm going to use this Boreno and I'm going to begin to show you what is the purpose of the law. What's amazing in chapter 3, he has six questions. And these six questions are going to begin to re reveal to us, have we added self-effort to God's work in his promise? And the first thing that he begins to ask, he said, who has bewitched you? And in the Greek, that word bewitch means literally that they've been, uh, it's like taking a medication that causes you to hallucinate. He said, where did you get this hallucinogenic drug that's making you think that you can add to the perfect promise and work of God? And he's asked him a question. Hey, did you receive another question? Question number two. Did you receive the spirit through the law? In a moment, I'm going to show you what that word in the Hebrew means, Robin Hood. He said, did you receive the spirit through the law or get this through the hearing of faith? And Paul is getting that from Genesis 15, 16, where God tells Abraham, because you heard and you believe, I'm now going to account it unto you as righteousness. Are you with me? That we do not become righteous by trying. We come righteous by hearing. And one of the reasons that I believe in the era that we're in, and I mean this, I think we need to crack our Bibles open more here in church, online, during the week. Why? Because we need to begin to hear what God is saying. Faith comes by hearing, not doing. Faith comes by hearing, not doing. Faith comes by hearing, not doing. Come on. Can you say amen? And then he goes on and he says this. And I just want you to know, he said, he said, not only did you, uh, did you receive the spirit, he said, are you now being made perfect by the works of the law or through the hearing of faith? He said, he who supplies the spirit. This is the fourth question. Does he do it through the works of the law? You trying, or does he do it through the hearing of faith that he might work miracles among you? Can you say amen? Amen. Then I want you to listen to this. He says, he goes on and he says this. He says, as many of you that are under the law or under a curse, because cursed is anyone. Please get this. Oh, you want to fail proof your life? Did you ever try to raise perfect kids? I thought, I'm telling you, Jude, I honestly thought he was a perfect angel till he reached the age of two. And I thought, that's Becky's people. My Jake, I honestly didn't think Jake had a sin nature until he reached two and the boy lied to me. I said, Jake, did you eat the Oreo? Nope, daddy, he ate. And he was like, oh man, that's definitely not my side. <laughs> Can I tell you, free yourself right now. If I had parenting to do over again, I wish I would have planned that they could have made mistakes, had detours, even failed. I want to use that word. And it's not Please get it. Failure does not define your children or you or I. It's how I respond to my failure that defines me. And I can tell you this. My failure is not going to keep me on the ground. I'm going to get back up. When I get knocked down, I'm going to get back up. And it's not going to be on me trying. It's going to be on what Jesus Christ did. Can you say amen? 
Then he goes on, he says, cursed is everyone, please get this, who doesn't keep all the law. And what was funny, Jack, when he would get his Boreno and, and he would shoot, he got right here and Becky began to cheer, go Jack, go Jack. He goes, BB, it's not a five, it's only a two. And he had take the arrow off. Then he got right here and he said, man, she was really cheering. She, she was cheering for Jack. He goes, no, I want a five. Then I kid you not, about the 10th time he got right here and he goes, it's still not perfect because it's not right on the five. Can I tell you right now as a believer, we will drive ourselves mad if we keep on trying to be perfect by trying and by the law. It's only by Jesus Christ. Come on. Now, I want you to really get this, and we're going to move in. What purpose is the law? Two Thursdays ago, we, in prayer, if you were not there, if you not viewed it, we began to come use these verses where Paul said, if you don't keep all the law, you will become cursed, and cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And I began to tell the church at prayer how to break family curses. And I know we don't like that word, curse. It's not even in our vernacular today, but can I tell you, if you go to the doctor and you're getting a checkup, they're going to say, is heart disease in your family? Is diabetes in your family? Is there thyroid issues in your family? If you get life insurance, they're going to ask the same question. Did you smoke? Did your dad smoke? Did your grandpa smoke? Did your uncle smoke? They're going to begin to, did they have heart attacks? Did you have a heart attack? Did they have cancer? Do you have cancer? They're going to ask questions because they know that curses or sins or weaknesses could be passed on in generations. And the Bible says in Exodus, which is the book of the law, says, I will pass on the sins of the fathers to the third and the fourth generation. But I want you to know in Galatians chapter three, you got to get this. It says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus hung on a tree that every curse that really came through my family. And you can go on ancestry.com and check out your grandfather and your grandmother and your great 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 grandparents can I tell you they all failed not one of them lived a fail-proof life and we can know that but only Jesus Christ has the power to break a curse off our lives can you say amen and I stand before you, the Bible also says he will bless you a thousand generations to those who are righteous. And you know what righteous is? It's hitting the number five. But I couldn't hit the number five. Why? Because I was born sinful. But Jesus Christ hit that mark that a thousand generations could be blessed in my family. Can you say amen? Now, I want to go to this last question. This is where we're going to spend our time. What purpose does the law have? Okay, what purpose does the law have? Now, let me show you what Jack would do, all right? I, I didn't tell you this. He would get his bow reno. I love that. I love that he said, and I was trying to correct him. He go, no, it's a bow and arrow. He goes, yeah, I know, my bow reno. And then I thought, just let him say Boreno, because pretty soon he's going to be saying it right. And I'm trying to do this right so what was amazing, I'm not joking, I took archery lessons as a kid, and Jack never had a lesson, and I kid you not, he had perfect form. He, he literally, 
And I told Becky, I said, this kid has perfect form. Now, can I say some of you out there? No, this was not me. Maybe you were Baptist. Maybe you were Catholic. Maybe you were just a good moral person. You were that good kid. Can I tell you? I was never that kid. I was a bad kid. I was the worst nightmare of the holy orders at Holy Cross. Uh, why? Because I was just born that way. A big danger is when you think that you have good skill to hit that bullseye. That is one of the most deceptive things for the Christian, the non-believer, or the believer. I'm not adding anything to my faith because I'm justified by faith. And what is that justification? Even though, can I say my life? I wish I was like Jack. I mean, really, you should see the way he do this. And, and, and so, okay, this is what I need to tell you. How did he hit almost the five? He never hit the five, but how, mo how did he get almost five? He got a foot away from it. And so BB, Becky started cheering. She goes, Jack, you made it. And then she was kind of, she goes, maybe back up one foot. And, you know, so he pulls it back and he's like this, two feet from it. And, and so we said, Jack, won't you get a little bit further away? But let me tell you what the law means. Everyone say the law. The law. Say it again. Because you see this book and letter of freedom, it's about the promise in the law. It's about Abraham. It's about Moses. Now, that word, the law, is the Torah. And you know the meaning of the Torah? The meaning of the Torah is that you have a boreno, a bow and arrow, and that you release that arrow, but it's in a specific direction, and it has a target that it must hit. Let me tell you one thing my Jack did not do. He didn't get his boreno and just uh, uh, shot it or aimed it aimlessly. That is not what the law does. The law is a bow and arrow that when you pull back, you're trying to hit what is called perfection. And for us, many times, whether it's parenting, maybe we become a believer. We want to raise a perfect kid. We want to have a perfect life. We want to have a perfect career. And we're reaching back and we're trying to hit that aim. And you could even try to get close to it, but still it's not going to hit the mark. But I have good news for you and I today. Jesus Christ is the seed, not many seed, but the seed. And he came and he not only broke the curse, but he gave us the promise and that is fulfilled in him and the just shall live by faith. I was made righteous 41 years ago, but in my life, when I was an imperfect parent, when I fail or do wrong, that I can get back up again. Why? Because my life is being patterned after Abraham, not Moses. And I just want you to know, please hear me. Uh, Abraham, he didn't have arrows, and I'm not talking about this type of arrow. You know when you drive into the parking lot, they have an arrow that gives you, shows you to come into the entrance in another arrow that tells you to go to the exit? You guys, I'm the pastor of the church. I am supposed to be the leader of all the leaders. But why is it there's still something within me? Three or four weeks ago, I thought, I do not want to go in the entrance. That arrow is bothering me. They had the parking lot servants, you know, doing this, uh, guest team, service team. I went in the exit anyway, and they're going like this. Can I say, within all of us, we want to take the bow and arrow, and we don't, if that bow and arrow, I mean, that target is God, we don't want to focus on God, we want to focus on us, so we try to have a perfect career, we try to have a perfect life, but yet the only way to be made righteous is through Jesus Christ. Say this with me, say, the just, the just shall, shall 
live by faith. And so when Paul is writing, he's writing about the Torah. And you guys probably are going to want me to shoot this at some point, you know. I'm not going to because then you will surely know that Paul, okay. Maybe Becky should come and do it, my gosh. We'll see what the archery lesson did, all right? Uh, okay, let's see. Up. Not bad. Get this. You know what the Bible says. You know the picture of sin? All have sinned. Let me get another one of these. <laughs> All have sinned, you know what I mean? And falling short. All have missed the mark. Are you with me? Now, I, this is what I want to say to you. In chapter 3, it says this. He says, the law is not only like an arrow, and it shows that we missed the mark. And uh, I was talking to someone, and they were blaming their present situation, their millennial, uh, on their parents. And their parents, like me, they did their best. These parents were uh, raised their children in church and faith in God. But uh, every parent, we... Our parenting, no matter how good you are, the arrow's not going to hit the bullseye. And so they were blaming their lack of success and achievement this present day on their parents. And you know what I told this young person, this millennial, who's getting ready to be 30? I said, you know what? My mom and dad did a lot of things. And can I say mom and daddy? They weren't even trying to hit the mark. They, their arrows were going all over anything but God. They didn't take us to church. They didn't really care. They, they, they gave us, they provided for us. They lived their life, but they didn't care. So when I was 20 years old and Jesus found me, I remember I was saying, God, they were wrong. This was wrong. They missed the mark. Man, where were they shooting? And the spirit of God spoke to my mind and heart. He said, Jude, they did the best they could with the knowledge they had. And he said, will you forgive them? And can I say right now, I forgave them 20 years ago. And I really realized that if my life was going to be like this, I wanted to hit the target. I didn't want to live aimlessly. And for me to do that wasn't trying not to fail, but to focus on the God who already succeeded. Come on. Now. We're going to be ending it. The law is not only like an arrow that really should. Now, this is gross. Can I show you what uh, Jack would do with his Boreno? And he did that, you know. And he goes, shoot, I made it. Go, no, you didn't. I saw it. You just licked it and put it on there. Now, let me tell you another thing. You know what's amazing? He says the law was giving like a tutor, a mentor, a babysitter, a nanny, until we would grow and we would have a revelation of faith. Please hear me. The band's going to come up. I'm going to put this aside and because I don't want it there anymore. You need to begin to get this. It says until we have a revelation of faith. My goal in my heart and our goal in our heart for studying these letters, and please, will you memorize this week with me? I already have it to memory. Galatians 3.11, and the just shall live by faith. My journey started in faith. It started in August 1980. And I'm telling you, I, I so missed that mark. I didn't even come close to the target, but I knew Christ had made me righteous. But then I would continue on the journey, and I would begin more to be a follower of Moses and not of Abraham. You see, Abraham was called to go to a land that he didn't know anything about. 
He didn't, he didn't have knowledge of it. It was unfamiliar. And Abraham would make mistakes. Abraham would sin. Abraham would fail. But Abraham still believed the promise of God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. For me, I began to add to my faith. And it started really soon. I began to judge people as a young believer at a Christian university. If someone struggled with this or that, I remember thinking, how can they even be a leader? They're failing in this area. They're failing in that area. And my righteousness was added to, I added to the righteousness of Christ, my own doing and my own trying. And you could ask my wife, I was good at trying. And I became hard on people. And one of the people that I came most hard on, I would challenge back and say, well, babe, you need to read four hours. You, you need to pray two hours. You need to give. You need to do this. And my righteousness was based on my doing. And then when the promises of God seemed like they weren't being fulfilled in my life, I began to get disappointed in God. And then I, I, I was not free to share when I fail. Why? Because I was trying to get my own righteous on my own. Are you covering up? Are you saying I don't mean to? Is it hard for you to confess or admit that you, you're wrong or you have a mistake? One thing that Becky and I have been trying, you know, to have a marriage that is righteous, that when we are wrong, that we're the first to admit that we are wrong because it's not based on my perfection. It's based that Jesus Christ hung on a tree and he broke the curse in our lives. And that curse is not going to come on us, our family, our children, or our grandchildren. Come on. Can you say amen? Now, what is the purpose of the law? Well, it's really to show you how ridiculous your archery skills are. That we really missed it. But that God had one arrow. His quiver was full. And that arrow was his son, Jesus Christ, the seed. And he would come and you'd say, how did he not fail? It wasn't through being a high priest. It wasn't through being a king. It was being an obedient servant like his father Abraham. Abraham didn't have a 20-year plan. Abraham did not have arrows in the wilderness or the journeying into the land. Abraham, really, he failed. But let me tell you what Abraham had. He had a faith in God. He had a listening ear, a believing heart, an obedient life. And he began to see that God would make him righteous. Abraham looked towards the cross, we now look back to the cross and we are made righteous through the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, this is where we, I want to end with this. It says the law is like a custodian or a teacher. Now, you know what? Uh, I did this with my boys when they were little. My gosh, we tried to be perfect parents. We dressed uh, dress them in gap outfits, comb their hair. I would walk them to class every day from kindergarten and Jude was going into sixth grade and I said, come on, give me your hand. Give me your hand, Jude. He goes, dad, I'm in sixth grade. I, I really don't want you walking me to class. Because John was in fourth grade, Jake was in second grade. And I said, come on boys, let's, and, and so Jake would let me smooching. John would go, Ugh. you know, and Jude goes, dad, I'm in sixth grade. Don't kiss me in front of my kids. You're the only dad that's walking the sixth grader to class. Can I say, it was all right when he was four. It was all right when he was five. But truly, 
What's damaging is when you're still trying to do it when they're in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. Why? Because I was trying to be a fail-proof parent. The purpose of the law was never to escort us through our entire life. It was like a custodian. I was not their teacher. They had a sixth grade teacher, a fourth grade teacher. They had teachers. We have a teacher, the Bible and the Holy Spirit. The law is like a nanny or a custodian that walks us to class. But when we have a revelation of Jesus Christ and his promise, we don't need to be held by the hand anymore. Come on. That God himself begins to walk with us and talk with us. And we have a fruit that comes out of our lives. Can I say right now, no one should be taking their nanny or babysitter on their honeymoon. No one should be walking their kid to class when they're a senior in high school. Come on, what God is doing, he's not just calling us believers because in this chapters, he said, you are children of God. You are sons of God. You are daughters of God. And if you are a child of God and you are an heir, chapter four, he begins to talk about adoption, that even though you're a son, you're like a, a person who works for the family business until you come of age. You know what, church? I think we're going to come of age in this new season, and we're going to be taught of the Lord, and great will be our peace, and our righteousness will be in him. I want to be free to fail. Come on. Can you say amen? Now, I want to show you how ridiculous I was, and this is a mistake. And maybe you did this with your children and you're doing this. Jude lived with us until the night before he got married because we just wanted to do everything for him. So the first night, alone in his apartment with his new beautiful bride, was when they came back from the honeymoon. And recently he told me, he said, you know, Dad, I don't know if that was healthy because you and Mom were picking up everything and I didn't know anything to do. And when I got married, my mindset was still like I was a young child and I wasn't. And it was still Pastor Jude trying to walk him to class. Can I say, I don't want someone to walk me to class. I want to be full grown in my faith in Jesus Christ. Come on. Are you with me on that? Will you stand up? I'm going to have someone. Can you come get the Boreno and the table and all that? And we will be forever grateful. How many of you would say that you have done wrong in the last year? How many of you would say if you are married that uh, isn't it so easy to blame everything on your spouse? I mean, am I the only one when you're hearing a message on marriage? It's like, oh, that's for Becky. Am I the only one? Fail proof. That was ridiculous. I put myself up for failure. God knew that I would fail. He knew that I would try to hit the mark. And that's what Paul's saying is cursed. That after Christ hit the mark, why are you trying to still hit the mark? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I could have never had that. Can I say, just hear me as we end. God's not calling you and I to live at the standard of the law. He already did it. He's actually calling us to a higher standard than even the law. The law says, don't murder. Jesus said, don't have hatred. You know what America needs right now? We need a higher law. 
not just not murder, let's stop hatred right now. Are you with me? The law says do not commit adultery. You know what Jesus said, a higher law? He who has, she who has lust in their hearts already broke the law. You see, I, I, every time I try to hit that mark in and of myself, I literally make the work of Jesus Christ ineffectual. But the greatest thing that we could do is say, the just, the righteous shall live by faith. And that's how we're going to live. That when we fail or when we get uh, knocked down, we're going to get back up again because we're living by faith. How many of you say right now that you have uh, done wrong, that you, you've uh, tried your best, and, and you need God to remind you that his promise is forever sure he has made you righteous. Will you raise your hand all over this place? Are you with me? I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray, Father, right now, I failed so miserably trying to be that fail-proof parent, that fail-proof dad, husband, pastor. God, but it didn't work. I don't know why, Lord, I pick up the Boreno after I failed so miserably. When you already hit the mark, you already were that seed, you are that arrow. And God, I thank you right now. We are the just and we shall live by faith. God, we were made righteous a time ago, but now we're living by faith and are still righteous. And even though a righteous individual falls, they get back up. God, our failures will not define us, but God, your righteousness will shape us and define us. God, I thank you where my failures start. That's where your righteousness begins, O oh Lord. You are a better Savior than I am a failure, O oh God. And Father, we thank you for that. God, we will not receive the Spirit through the work of the law, but through the hearing of faith. He who supplies the Spirit, he's not supplying us the Spirit and working miracles amongst us because we did our best. He's doing it by the hearing of faith. And Father, we thank you. We're not of those who have to continue in all things concerning the law. We are not cursed. We are blessed because you were cursed that we could be blessed, oh God. Father, we thank you. Jesus Christ was made to be sin that we could be made to be righteous, oh Lord. And God, today we rejoice in you. We are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. And we rejoice right now. I come and if anyone feels like a failure, they feel second rate. They feel that what's going on is because they didn't do their best. God, we thank you. You didn't come for us to do better, but that you would make us new people in Jesus Christ. And we receive that right now. I break shame. I break disappointment. I break those who just want to sweep it under the rug. God, right now, that failure will not define us, but how we get up and respond in righteousness, in faith to the promises of God, that will shape us, that will uh, motivate us and direct us into the perfect will of Jesus Christ. I want to do this in a moment. I'm going to count to three. Honestly, righteousness begins with faith in Jesus Christ. And for me, I went to church in 1980 in July. Went as a failed Catholic, someone who knew that just didn't measure up. And in one moment of time, I heard that Jesus Christ loved me, that I could invite him in my heart, that if I believed that he was raised from the dead, that, and I confessed that with my mouth, 
that I would be saved and with my heart righteousness begin to enter my life and it wasn't just by an act I did not become righteous through an act I became righteous through faith in Jesus Christ and you could try to shoot that Boreno all you want but you'll keep missing 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 you know what many of us we hit the mark in our jobs in our careers maybe with our family but the real bullseye is God himself and I don't want to have a five in my job or a five with my family and literally miss the target altogether with God. I don't even want God to be a three or a four, but like Jack, I want God to be that number five. In him, I want to live. I want to move. I want to have my being. I want God to be the center of my life. I'm going to count to three, and if you're saying I need to surrender, I want to make Jesus Christ the center of my life. At three, I want you to raise your hand. And that is just an act of faith. That's just a response to what God has done. On three, you're going to raise your hand one and you're saying God I'm going to trust you for righteousness two you're going to raise your hand when we get to three and you're going to just yield to God saying God I've missed it I missed the mark number three right now raise your hand if you want to yield to Jesus Christ thank you ma'am over there thank you ma'am right here thank you right here clap I believe online as well come on amen thank you thank you anyone else just raise can I say, when you realize that you missed the mark, but he hit the mark for you, it's the most freeing thing ever. So online, you can click that button. Will you pray this with me, everyone? Say, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. God, I missed the mark. That arrow was shot in the wrong direction. But God, you hit the mark that I could live in freedom. You became cursed. I am blessed. And I believe in my heart, and I say that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. In your name, amen. Let's worship. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.